Blog Talk Radio. September 19th, 2012, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I'm your host, Jake Counts. With me this week, TJ Smith. TJ, thanks for coming aboard. No problem. All right, everybody. It is your one hour of reality for the week. We're going to cover some of the news topics. And um, it's funny that uh, we have the intro as mind control because, um, yeah, we're all under a psychological operation. And once you guys have figured that out, and I know it's really hard to break with your with your love of gadgets and your love of materialistic things, but once you break with that and realize that what we have been under for the last 20 years is a big scientific mind control operation through the mainstream media and other outlets that have been forced to put us in this little box, make us believe that there is a right and a left, a Republican and Democrat, and those are the only two choices that you have, all of this. And I've actually got a couple of different examples, and we're going to get into one here in a second. But I do have a clip from George Carlin back in 2005, and I want to see, TJ, if you see the significance of what he's saying here with what we see in our foreign policy today. So here's the clip from George Carlin, and then I want to get TJ's take. He's never heard this on the backside. It should be a good one. Well, a lot of things have happened since the last time I saw you. I just want to talk a little bit about that war in the Persian Gulf. Big doings in the Persian Gulf. You know my favorite part of that war? It's the first war we ever had that was on every channel plus cable. And the war got good ratings too, didn't it? Got good ratings. Well, we like war. We like war. We're a war-like people. We like war because we're good at it. And you know why we're good at it? Because we get a lot of practice. This country's only 200 years old and already we've had 10 major wars. We average a major war in this country every 20 years, so we're good at it. And it's a good thing we are. We're not very good at anything else anymore. Can't build a decent car. Can't make a TV set or a VCR worth of... Got no steel industry left. Can't get health care to our old people. Can't educate our young people. But we can bomb the shit of your country, all right? Huh? We can bomb them out of your country, all right? Especially if your country is full of brown people. Oh, we like that, don't we? That's our hobby. That's our new job in the world, bombing brown people. Iraq, Panama, Grenada, Libya, you got some brown people in your country. Tell them to watch the f*** out or we'll goddamn bomb them. Well, when's the last white people you can remember that we bombed? Can you remember the last white Can you remember any white people we've ever bombed? The Germans. The Germans are the only ones. And the only reason for that is because they were trying to cut in on our action. They wanted to dominate the world. Boom. That's our f***ing job. That's our job. Now we only bomb brown people. Not because they're trying to cut in on our action, just because they're brown. Now you might be noticing, I don't feel about that war the way we were told we were supposed to feel about that war, the way we were ordered and instructed by the United States government to feel about that war. See, my mind doesn't work that way. I got this real moron thing I do, it's called thinking. And I'm not a really good American because I like to form my own opinions. I don't just roll over when I'm told to. Sad to say, most Americans just roll over on command. Not me. Not me. I have certain rules I live by. My first rule, I don't believe anything the government tells me. Nothing. Zero. And, and I don't take very seriously the media or the press in this country, who in the case of the Persian Gulf War were nothing more than unpaid employees of the Department of Defense, 
and who most of the time function as kind of an unofficial public relations agency for the United States government. So I don't listen to them. I don't really believe in my country. And I got to tell you, folks, I don't get all choked up about yellow ribbons and American flags. I consider, I consider them to be symbols, and I leave symbols to the symbol-minded. <laughs> So what do you think, TJ? That was back in 2005. you think that kind of rings true today? Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot really hasn't changed since 2005. <laughs> did you mention? Did you hear some of the countries he even mentioned? It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, he got a point, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, you know, once again, we want to bring a, a different perspective than what you guys are going to hear on different radio outlets. Number one, we're not going to just get up here and spout rhetoric. We'll ferret it out for the most part, do the best that we can and and try to give you a, a pretty straightforward, accurate representation of what's going on. So one of the things that TJ and I obviously want to talk about was um, the first thing I wanted to get into was the um, the Muslim film that's pretty much set the world ablaze, no pun intended with that, um, obviously burning American flags at all these different embassies or what have you. But before I get into that, I do have a clip here from from the so-called crazy Dr. Ron Paul back in um, 2010, where he, on his um, his national podcast, uh, it was back in August 9th of 2010, I believe, warns of what's called blowback. And TJ, why don't you fill the people in that don't understand what blowback is? Um, blowback is basically... Um... <laughs> I mean, to simplify, basically, you know, what goes around comes around. Yeah, that's a, that's a really, that's a really good point. It's basically you're you're gonna keep pushing, you're gonna keep bullying the little kid in the lunch line, and eventually the little kid in the lunch line is either gonna punch you in the gut or he's gonna hire somebody or go pay somebody to come beat you up, and that's exactly what we're seeing now is with a failed foreign policy that we've had in place for a long time, and what's amazing to me. TJ, what's amazing is that people don't really understand history. Do you remember, and I don't know if you remember this, but you've studied enough history to understand that when there was the big terrorist attack and it killed over you know, 200 Marines, that when Ronald Reagan was president, the, the very next thing that he did was pulled everybody out. I mean, he mm -hmm. didn't leave them there to, oh, everything's fine. We didn't have the intelligence about that. He, he didn't even care. He just said, "Let's get these guys out of here." That's obviously way too much going on for us. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, the same. Uh, Bill Clinton did the same thing inside um, Somalia. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, when um, of course it was Bin Laden who shot down the Black Hawks, and after mm -hmm. that, he pulled them out because yeah. you know there's some things you just shouldn't stick your nose in. <laughs> yeah, just kind of like you know, kind of like our forefathers told us about beware of foreign entanglements, and now. The United States has entangled themselves in, into a multitude, just like a multifaceted web. We got bases over 150 nations around the world for no good reason other than the fact that we want to be the, the world police. And, and I'm really tired of the argument with people coming to me and saying, well, if we don't do it, somebody else will. You know, don't give me, <laughs> don't give me that, you know, Machiavellian crap. Don't give me that, you know, you know, we got to do this for the greater good, otherwise that the bad people will do it. It's just, it's it's ludicrous. And the only thing that you're going to do is going into other nations is really just, it's just aggravate the people that are there, and you're going to get what you get. You're going to get protests, and then the American public is stunned. They're like, wow, what are they mad about? Are you, you guys are kidding, right? You guys are really kidding with this. But here here's the Ron Paul clip, TJ, and then let's break this down on the backside and really get into you know what we're starting to see here with everybody kind of lining up in, in in almost like formations, kind of like what you saw in World War II. And you and I talked about this before the broadcast. So I want to get your take on what we're going to see or what we could possibly see coming down the pipe. But here's the here's the Ron Paul clip, and then we'll we'll go ahead and address some of the issues on the backside. Hello, this is Ron Paul with your weekly update for August 9th. Last week, the National Bureau of Economic Research published a report on the effect of civilian casualties in Afghanistan and Iraq that confirmed what critics of our foreign policy have been saying for years. The killing of civilians, although unintentional, angers other civilians and prompts them to seek revenge. This should be self-evident. The Central Intelligence Agency has long acknowledged and analyzed the concept of blowback in our foreign policy. 
it still amazes me that so many think that attacks against our soldiers occupying hostile foreign lands are motivated by hatred toward our system of government at home or by the religion of the attackers. In fact, most of the anger toward us is rooted in reactions toward seeing their mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers, and other loved ones being killed by a foreign army. No matter our intention, the violence of our militarism in foreign lands causes those residents to seek revenge if innocents are killed. One does not have to be a Muslim to react this way, just human. Our battle in Afghanistan resembles the battle against the many-headed Hydra monster in Greek mythology. According to former General Stanley's McChrystal's so-called insurgent math, for every insurgent killed, 10 more insurgents are created by the collateral damage to civilians. Every coalition attack leads to six retaliatory attacks against our troops within the following six weeks, according to the NBER report. These retaliatory attacks must then be acted on by our troops, leading to still more attacks, and so it goes. Violence begets more violence. Eventually, more and more Afghanis will view American troops with hostility and seek revenge for the death of a loved one. Meanwhile, we are bleeding ourselves dry militarily and economically. Some say if we leave, the Taliban will be strengthened. However, those who make that claim ignore the numerous ways our interventionist foreign policy has strengthened groups like the Taliban over the years. I've already pointed out how we serve as excellent recruiters for them by killing civilians. Last week, I pointed out how our foreign aid to Pakistan specifically makes it into Taliban's coffers. And, of course, we provided the Taliban with aid and resources in the 1980s when they were our strategic allies against the Soviet Union. For example, our CIA supplied them with Stinger missiles to use against the Soviets, which are strikingly similar to the ones now allegedly used against us on the same battlefield according to those WikiLeaks documents. As usual, our friends have a funny way of turning against us. Manuel Noriega and Saddam Hussein are also prime examples. Yet Congress never seems to acknowledge the blowback that results from our interventionism of the past. Our war against the Taliban is going about as well as our war on drugs or our war on poverty or any of our government's wars. They all tend to create more of the thing they purport to eradicate thereby dodging any excuse to draw down and come to an end. It is hard to imagine even winning anything this way. We have done enough damage in Afghanistan, both to the Afghan people and to ourselves. It's time to reevaluate the situation. It's time to come home. Okay, TJ. So... It's funny how history repeats itself, right? You remember he, he talked about in there the, the Stinger missiles given to the Taliban, mm-hmm. you know. And then we had, and I just pulled up the article here. Um, it's by the Associated Foreign Press. It says, NATO concerned over 10,000 lost missiles in Libya. Yeah, um, missiles missiles don't get lost. 10,000 missiles? In, oh, yeah. You know what? Um, mm-hmm. We told them we ain't got them, man. I don't know where they went. They probably I mean, it's they like the keys in the truck. That's what happened. They left the keys in the truck running, and they just got out and went to use the restroom, and all of a sudden they turn around they're gone. Losing 10,000 missiles is like losing 10,000 planes. <laughs> that's I exactly, mean, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Um, <laughs> so ridiculous. I mean, we were both almost speechless right there, but... You know, let's get into let's get into your take about what's going on now, TJ. When we're seeing the here, give us give us your once over of the. Um, you watched the uh, the forty five minute version of that film. I watched the trailer, mm-hmm. and and it was almost even hard to stomach that 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 Muslim film that they they're saying is 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 stirring up everybody, and then and then break down what you told me also about the the French cartoon after that. But let's you know let's touch on. Number one, the quality of that film is just dreadful. I mean, it literally looks like you got a couple of college students together, 
And and TJ, you went to school for this stuff. Did you see how bad the dubbing over was when they did like the voiceover when they messed up the actual speeches and stuff? Yeah, um, it's at film school. Um, we actually call that um, um, <laughs> the Lord slipping my mind, but. It's a term we actually call it um, when we have to um, um, re-record mm-hmm. uh, voices. Mm-hmm. And the way how he actually did it was, I mean, completely. It was I mean, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Actually, when you when you are actually, um, of course, dubbing and re-recording voices, it, it is really one of the hardest things to do. Yeah, I would assume you have to get like the the volume control right, the pitch right, all those kinds of things for in order for it to not sound like, you know, something out of like a bad '80s movie. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, when I actually saw the film, I actually laughed, and I'm gonna give really about two reasons why I laughed. I mean, a because it was so horrible made. I was like, how could somebody get mad over this? I right. mean. I mean, it looked like a bunch of high schoolers put it on. I mean, come on. I mean, when I was in film school and we made student films, we was like, uh, we thought that was bad. And we looked at this, and this was made from a what? An underground professional? I was like, oh. An underground professional that said he got, what was it, something like two or three million dollars to make that film? Yeah, but not only that, this same guy who actually made the film, because, you know, his picture has been released, he's is. 65 years old, he is also Egyptian, and he also used to be a soft porn director. Okay. That's the only thing I got to say. <laughs> I, I got nothing for that, man. I mean, this is, it's just absolutely getting to the point of lunacy when we're seeing what's going on now around the world. And then, and then you look around at the general public here, and it's like, it's, you know, it's just another day. It's oh, just another day. And then you know, the last ten minutes, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody my breakdown of QE3, and and just explain to them what what quantitative easing is. It's been three different segments, and they, and they've done three different things. Operation Twist, which was um which was a second segment, was just um it was just verbiage for the most part. I mean, they didn't really print a lot of money. They just I don't know. I won't even get into it now. But TJ, let's talk about the uh, the French cartoon that came out. Uh, I don't know if that was this morning or last night, and about how they had a, they had a bombing at a at a I don't remember if it was like a bistro or a cafe in France. So, I mean, you're you're seeing these things. <laughs> I mean, look, I mean, look, look. In my opinion, I call bull on the whole entire thing. In my opinion, because. Before I get to what the um, guy drew inside this bootleg magazine, mm-hmm. the whole entire first of all, <laughs> this guy gets money to make this film that he said from Jewish people. Mm-hmm. The film has been on the internet since July, and nobody has even heard of it until it actually came out. They had a premiere in California that nobody showed up to. And now miraculously inside September, it actually goes viral inside the Middle East. They get mad and Americans have only seen it until we actually have heard about it. And then on top of that, the guy is actually Egyptian. He's not even American. And then you have these idiots inside France who actually draw a cartoon making fun of Muhammad which causes the French government to close um, to close its twenty embassies overseas, and I'm like, okay, um, either they're trying to get the people stirred up on purpose, so just so they can have a war, or they're trying to stir up. <laughs> you know I mean, I mean it, it, there's really no two ways about yeah. it, and then you're exactly right, and. And people that study history that understand trends and stuff, it's like you know I I've watched a, a lot of um a lot of Gerald Salente's you know films and stuff like that where he he does his breakdowns, and it's funny you you always need to look at people that are not in the mainstream so much that that are accurate and they're good at what they do, because when you watch Fox News when you watch CNN you're getting political pundits those guys are paid they're they're there to do their job, and they're there to tote the uh, establishment line. 
And you know, just for some just for some backup to that, you know, I'm not saying that everybody at CNN or everybody at Fox is is in cahoots with the government to do things, but you know, they're not going to do something that's going to that's going to really rub somebody the wrong way, especially if that person is is either con- connected very high up in the elite, like TJ and I talk about politically, or if they have if they stand to to lose something from sponsors or or what have you. You, you? Trust me, the Fox people do not want to make the Koch brothers mad. They just don't. Those guys pump in so much money to the conservative movement, it, it'll make your head spin. And I, I, I somehow think that that I don't even have anything to back this, but I get this feeling that the Koch brothers have somehow co-opted the Tea Party movement and have moved them into the mainstream and kind of shuffled the deck, much like with Ron or with Rand Paul. They kind of shuffle the Tea Party guys in there with the with the mainline neocon Republicans and now we're not now we're supposed to have this really joint party when you have basically two separate cadres of Republicans. I guess I would be considered a Republican if I was gonna have to vote one way or the other just because, you know, um of the abortion and, and lower taxes and stuff. But, you know, it's it's just really, really complex. So I don't ever like to call out anybody unless I have substantial information to back it up. But here is here is Jesse Ventura on Pierce Morgan and TJ. You and I both cannot stand this guy, and I think that the only reason he's on TV is to get people like me and you to watch him to keep hating on him because that's all it is. And so he goes through Jesse Ventura talks about Building Seven, and then Pierce Morgan runs what's called a psyop. It's a psychological operation, and it typically will run through something like, well, everybody knows or everybody accepts the fact. Or it's common knowledge that once again, what TJ and I always talk about, it's it's groupthink. It's um, TJ. What is it called? The um, I'm just it's slipping my mind right now. Where uh, universal truth. It's those types of things. And so he runs a psyop on Jesse Ventura, and then Jesse Ventura corners him about Building Seven, and then he just completely panics and has to go to break and, and almost freaks out because evidently the producer just went. Um, haywire in his ear. So here's the clip, and you guys can find it on YouTube. It's it's all over the place, but uh, I put it on my Facebook channel, so you guys can check it out there also. So here's the clip. And then TJ, like, what would we're not? What would you have done on September the twelfth, two thousand and one? What would you have done if you'd been president? What would I have done? Yeah, I would have done a legitimate a legitimate investigation to find out what exactly happened on nine eleven. How did they know who did this? so quickly like they did Lee Harvey Oswald. How quick they knew Lee Harvey Oswald killed Kennedy. Because the people who did it were identified and we knew who they were. Well, then why couldn't we have stopped them beforehand if they were identified and we knew who they were? It was a failure of intelligence. Everyone's accepted No, it wasn't. We knew before with Condoleezza Rice's memo on August 6th when it stated right in the memo, bin Laden took steal planes and run them into buildings. And more stuff is coming out now also, how much the Bush administration ignored the intelligence. It was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. Oh, come off it, Jesse. That's no, not oh, come off it. Every, wait a minute. No. Every war no, fought no, no, starts no. with a false flag operation. You can't, in all seriousness, sit there and try and make out anybody. How, okay, let me ask you this, Piers. Wait a minute. Let me, wait, wait, let me ask you something. How, many, how much studying have you actually done of 9-11 other than what, what the government's told you and what mainstream media has told you? I was editor, I've been studying it for years. I was editor of a national newspaper. I've, I've talked and to people. we covered it in minute. depth every day for really? five, six months. Really? So I know a lot about it. Well, well, then how I come, know is, let me ask you this you then. You cannot say that any member of the Bush administration knew it was going to happen or wanted it to happen. It's a ridiculous thing to say. Ridiculous. Okay, let's talk about your BBC. I have a tape of a BBC reporter broadcasting directly back to England talking about a third building has collapsed, World Trade Center Building 7, talks for seven minutes. All the while she's talking, World Trade Center Building 7 is still standing right behind her. It didn't fall for another half hour, yet they were doing a pre-broadcast back to England that, yes, it's true, that this building... Fell and it hadn't fallen yet. They're trying to make out the British Broadcasting Company, one of the most respected news organizations in the world, was Stop inventing man. huge buildings falling over. You they need to did. have a look. You need to have a break, Jesse. We'll come back after the break Are and we'll talk about Israel Are and you Iran. You kidding me? This is a fact, my friend. Now, well, Jesse, look, no, 
Jesse. But look, <laughs> no, but look at this. We talked about this last week when we talked about September 11th, and I brought up the clip because I also have the video yeah, of the it's BBC on my reporter website, talking. Actually, they, they removed it from my website. I guess the user removed it. So there's like 15 or 20 of them out there. It's all copied. So yeah, I, I have it. On my, I have it on my, I have it on my computer. The clip with the BBC reporter talking. Building Seven is standing right behind him. Right, it's right behind his, her but the left ear. Doesn't yeah. fall until thirty minutes. <laughs> I'm like, okay, listen, listen, listen. Piers Morgan, of course, bought off. Simple as that. Yeah. He works for the establishment. The media is controlled by the conglomerates, which has shareholders. And a lot of these shareholders are some of these people who are global elite. The media is controlled by the establishment. As long as the establishment runs what you see, what you hear, I mean, they pretty much have complete control over the populations. Because everybody doesn't agree to what actually happened. There's a lot of architects, there's a lot of families, there's a lot of people out there that do call bull on what happened on 9-11. And a lot of people do know that what happened in 9-11, I mean, come on, I mean, like, I mean, I would say that the majority of Americans actually believe that 9-11 uh, probably was an inside job. Well, I think that I think you and I you and I classified it correctly last week. I don't know if it was before we went on air or during air, where it's like, you know, I I kind of want to flip the script on these people and say, you know, for those of you that believe the official narrative, you're the conspiracy theorists because none of this stuff lines up if you just do research on it. And, 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 and you know, we'll transition away from this, but I do want to bring up three different points. And TJ, you will be able to speak to this too because this is just a psyop. And the reason it's a psyop is because you hear Pierce Morgan say, and I probably should have prefaced this on the front end, but you guys go back and listen to the broadcast, you'll hear it. Jesse, everyone accepts the fact. As soon as they say that, it's like, okay, well, this is groupthink, so in order to be part of the group, you have to go along with the groupthink, so you don't want to be a conspiracy theorist way out here. You don't want to be able to like read and write and, and form your own opinion. You want to go along with what we're saying. And then you have... The straw man that he builds up, where where he talks about how well the, are you saying that the BBC made up fake buildings and then brought them down? That's that's not what he said at all. But you build up the straw man, so the argument completely changes, and then you tear the straw man down, and it's like, oh, that sounds so ludicrous. That couldn't possibly be true. And then the last thing is where he talked about how he was he was and listen to his verbiage really carefully if you guys go back and listen to the clip again, where he says. Jesse, I was the editor of a main a major publication and and we reported on it every day. We covered it every day. That didn't say that he had done research on it. It didn't say that he asked questions about it. it. Just says that they covered it. So they were probably fed talking points since he was a major publication. You know, something came down from the either oh gosh, what's the the Rupert Murdoch scenario or somebody else, the Carl Roves of the world, and they said, Here's the talking points, run with it, build your story around that. I mean, T J, would you say that's a pretty fair assessment of what we just heard right there? Oh yeah. I mean, um yeah, 'cause only thing I mean only thing he said, I mean I mean he pretty pretty much did say that he reported on it for five to six months. Mm-hmm. I mean uh and if he was, uh, I don't know if he was anchor or not, but if he was, then pretty much he probably didn't do, I guess, no research well, he, at all. Well, he said he was the editor, so that basically means he oversees everything. He doesn't really get into the to the nuts and bolts of it. But, you know, I'm just speculating at this point. But it was just, it, it was very, very, very obvious once you start talking about the smoking gun and then you have the establishment guys start freaking out. Jesse, you need to take a break. You need to calm down, basically telling him that <laughs> you need to shut up. And, and and the only reason that Jesse probably got on that show, not because Jesse's not a galvanizing figure, is you know he's part of the True TV family, and and that's part of the you know the CNN network. So they wanted to do some cross branding and stuff. So I love Jesse Ventura to death. Hopefully he'll run for president in 2016 because I'd definitely vote for him. So TJ, now let's get into some other stuff. Let's get into what what came out today. I told you about this before the show, but I do want to read you the highlights. Um, 
there's for those of you that didn't follow the broadcast early on, we we covered a lot of different topics, and we've you know obviously been overwhelmed with what's been going on in the Middle East and what's been going on around the world with QE3 and stuff. But so, for those of you that aren't aware, TJ and I have brought up multiple points of fluoride in the water, and I have cited multiple sources. And I've actually even posted those sources on my site, so you guys can go find them. We are not cattle.net. Talking about how fluoride has been added to your water, and it is a chemical agent, part of um, TJ, help me out, part of um, what is it, Prozac? Like eighty percent uh, of Prozac or something like that. Yeah, something like that. And it's sodium fluoride, the the chemical version, not the natural version, which we all need. So sodium fluoride has actually been shown to massively increase or decrease IQ, not increase. Good gosh, that would that would actually be a sin. We we'd all be geniuses now. We've all been poisoned for so long. <laughs> but you know, couple that with. And we haven't really got into chemtrails, but we should do a whole uh, half a show on chemtrails. Uh, I've got one of my friends that's in aviation. We'll just leave it at that. I, I turned him on to that, and he goes, oh, that's just conspiracy theory, until I told him you know, to go watch the two documentaries, what in the world are they spraying, and why in the world are they spraying. And now he he's like, well, I understand the crystal part, but I don't understand the difference in the minerals and, and how the soil deposits are, are completely different and thrown off balance. He goes, that's just really weird. So now let's get into the meat and potatoes of what came out today. So TJ, you and I have talked before about GMOs, and we we actually did the whole show. Remember we broke down the percentages and everything of what's GMO and what's non-GMO, mm-hmm. and almost every corn seed now I think it's something somewhere in the in the ninety percentage. It's it's higher than ninety percent, but I'd like to lowball it. Ninety percent of the corn out there is genetically modified corn through Monsanto. Now Monsanto had a product that they came out with. That um, basically it's called, and this is, you know, they have Roundup Ready soybeans, they have all this stuff. So basically they, they infuse a pesticide inside the corn. So if the insects eat it, the insects die. But if we eat it, it's supposedly okay. Well, the FDA and the, um, uh, the, the Food and Drug Administration and a bunch of other different administrations didn't really do long-term testing on rats, guinea pigs, or anything like that on GMOs. They just basically had a bunch of bureaucrats pushing on them. We need to get this out. We need to get this out. Obviously, Monsanto with their with their huge tentacles in there trying to push this around. Meanwhile, their their scientists in their laboratories and in their cafeteria will not eat GMO foods. So the study that actually came out was it was a lifelong study of the impact of GMO foods onto rats. And what they found was absolutely astonishing. TJ, I'm going to read you. That it causes cancer? Shocker, right? Yeah. Not even that. <laughs> Not even that. You wait till you hear the meat and potatoes of this, and then then you can start drawing some parallels to what we see now with breast cancer rates exploding, <laughs> with you know, with with kids' cancer rates exploding. And just go look at the numbers. They're astronomical. I mean, it's over like thousands of percentage points. And then we have the run for the cure instead of going, hey, wait, maybe we should take the BPA out of out of the um, out of the water bottles and and in the in the canned food liners that we don't need it in there. It's just there for whatever reason. And then maybe we should look at you know labeling GMO foods. These are the big issues. But hey, have you heard Mitt Romney or Obama talk about this? No, they talk about health food. And then you have Michelle Obama sit up there and say, well, I don't think that we should label GMO foods. You've got to be kidding me. Mm-hmm. So. So here's what the study came out, TJ, and I'm going to read, you know, so forgive me, everybody. I might stumble and bumble around here. But then, TJ, I want, to, I want you to give your breakdown of what we're facing here and about how basically we're all being soft-killed. And it's from collateral damage from large corporations teaming up with big government. It's like what I always say, we're the fascist states of America. If you guys haven't figured that out yet, do a little bit more research, get a clue, it's big government, big corporations. We are the start of Soviet Russia back in the day. So here's what we're looking at. The study has been deemed to be the most thorough research ever published, and this is in quotes, into the health effects of GMO crops and herbicide roundup on rats. The news, is hor- the news of the horrifying findings is spreading like wildfire across the Internet, with even the mainstream media seemingly in shock of the photos of the rats with multiple... Um, gastro or grotesque, excuse me, grotesque tumors, tumors so large that the rats 
even had difficulty breathing in some cases. Now, that, no, that's just that's just the preface, TJ. So here comes the fun. Here comes what our people and our buddies at Monsanto are doing to us in the population. Results and findings from the study. Here are the, some of the shocking findings from the study. Up to 50% of males and 70% of females suffered premature death. So you flip a coin, guys. Flip a coin. You're going to die early or you're not going to die early. Let's figure it out. Girls, you get to flip half a coin. That's it. So the rats that drank trace amounts of the Roundup, which is everywhere, and they literally spray it on the Roundup-ready soybeans, spray the entire field with Roundup, and then we get to eat it. So, you know, it's all safe. Don't worry about it. So the rats drank trace amounts of Roundup, at levels legally allowed in the water supply, legally allowed, TJ, once again, like fluoride, legally allowed in the water supply, and had a 200 to 300% increase in large tumors. <laughs> so more than double, almost triple what you're seeing in the people that don't do this. But, you know, everything's fine. Football's coming on on Sunday. We'll be okay. Rats, feed, rats fed GMO corn and traces of Roundup suffered... Severe organic dam or excuse me, severe organic damage, damage to the organs, including liver damage, kidney damage. TJ, you and I covered that at nauseum last time. We covered the GMO stuff. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this so it says the study fed the rats the NK603, Monsanto's variety of GMO corn that is grown across North America and widely fed to animals and humans. Oh, that sounds great. At the same time, the corn in your corn-based breakfast cereal, corn tortillas, and in your corn snack chips. Not to mention, almost everything has corn in it. Corn is a base for, I would say, on the low end, 80% of the products that you buy and consume. Just go look. Corn syrup, corn sugar, corn and corn starch. I mean, it's all there, and it's all coming from these processing plants from Monsanto that are literally poisoning you and you know we don't need to label this stuff TJ everything's fine right everything's fine you know go back to sleep so you know let's just take this and we'll throw it out and then you know we'll we'll wrap up the show and come back on Sunday because everything's great I mean I mean but check this out though right because when I first came on your show did we not cover the FDA yeah did I not – I read my whole entire write-up that I did, did about the FDA, about how the FDA doesn't even inspect half of the food facilities. And then we even – when we did the GMOs, we talked about how that the GMOs have not been fully tested. We talked about the sodium fluoride causing the tumors and the cancer. But we're crazy, and now you have the FDA actually coming out and verifying it. Okay. It's not even it's not even so much the FDA. They just basically, you know, they'll whitewash this stuff because they're bought and paid for. They got too much skin in the game, TJ. There's too much money in killing people and then shipping them off to the doctors. See, I think that that's what's so crazy is that once you start to really piecemeal together reality, you start to see that we're just big combines of corporations. Oh, yeah. Whether it's the whether it's the corporation of Monsanto that's producing the food that you eat. That's going to give you cancer, and then you're going to go into the corporation owned by the majority of hospitals owned by the Rockefellers and, and those guys. Then you're going to go in, and you're going to get your medical doctor treatment. And, and it's just – it's such a, a crazy way to look at it, but you're just being attacked from everywhere. But that's, Meanwhile, the, thing, see, but that's the thing they don't understand. So they don't understand the origins. They don't understand that this is a game to them and that mm-hmm. we are just pieces on the board because – um, like a long time ago when I was on the show, I, I even talked about the birth control pill and I even cover how the origin of the birth control pill came from the German manufacturer who was the one who actually manufactured gas that was used to kill Jews in the Nazi camps. Was that Bayer Pharmaceuticals that came out with the first one? Was that them? Um, or was it somebody else? 
I always get them confused. Yeah. It's like bear. I mean, that's another thing. You can just kind of, you can just kind of throw, you know, throw a coin up there and just say, well, was it was it uh, Bear Pharmaceuticals or was it IG Farben? I mean, those are your two. It was IG Farben. It was IG Farben, but IG Farben bought the company that actually uh, made the first birth control pill that actually made the same gas that killed the Jews. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, come on, like really, really. But, you know, it's 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 the same it's the same scenario. Those that don't study history are doomed to repeat it. Mm-hmm. And, and we're we're literally looking at a public now. You know, here here look, I'm gonna go ahead and dive into this, TJ, and then we're gonna we're probably gonna have about five minutes or so on the back end to just kind of give the big summation. When Ben Bernanke came out and said that he's gonna do QE and I guess I'll give credit to Alex Jones for coining the term QE Unlimited. So, in essence, what they're doing at a very, very high level, and this is very, you know, once again, I don't want to get into a big financial breakdown of what you're looking at. So the Fed, remember, the Fed's a private bank, TJ, obviously, shocker. Mm-hmm. The Fed's a private bank that loans our company or country money. Not only our country, but they own, they loan the the, the zombie banks or what they're called. Basically, the the Wells Fargo's, the Wachovia's, the holding companies. They're basically the shareholder holding companies for the Federal Reserve. The tentacle for them to get their money all the way down to the minions and take even more and more of our money. So in essence, what they're going to do is they're going to buy up a lot of bad debt to the tune of what they said was $40 billion a month. So who are they buying this bad debt from? Well, these are all mortgage derivatives, what they're buying. Basically, you know, mortgages that are going to go bad and they're never going to be paid off. So in order to remove those from the system, they're going to go buy them. So what does that mean, TJ? That means that – so let's say the Bank of America has your title to your house and you default on it and you go foreclose on it and then the, the property just sits there. The bank now has this title for whatever the loan was, $400,000, let's say. That's on their books. Well, the Fed's saying, well, we're going to buy that from you. And so it sounds like a great deal for the bank. They they get $400,000 from the Fed. They give the Fed the clouded title that's probably been bought and sold 15, 20 times. It, it's not worth anything anymore. I mean, it's the deed to the house, but that's about it. So the, the Fed buys that, gives the money to Bank of America, and then what does Bank of America do with it? They're going to go invest it in T-bills or something like that, something safe. You know, earn their 1% to 3% interest, you know, not not have to put it back into the, to the circulation. So, you know, QE1 was not a great success. QE2 was horrible. And then they promised, 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 we're never going to do QE3. We're just going to kind of let things shake out. And then what you see is that the central planning from the Federal Reserve – they're getting so much pressure from all different ends because not only are they getting pressure from the zombie banks saying, hey, we're going to go bust here if you guys don't do something about all these collateralized debt obligations, mortgage derivatives, all this – basically this garbage that's kind of floating around down there. And I broke down derivatives the best I could you know, a couple of shows ago. So if you guys wanted to get into the real financial side of things, go check it out. It was pretty informative. But – so now they have all of these different instruments, and they have all this different pressure coming around. So the Fed decides that they're going to go ahead and start monetizing more debt, which monetizing debt means is they're just, in essence, putting more money into the money supply, but the money never makes it to the people. So what does that mean, TJ? If I put a whole bunch of money into the money supply and you have the same amount of money, what does that do to the money that's in your bank account? It basically um, decreases it. Yeah. In in relative terms, your your money is worth less. You can't buy as much. So that's the short and sweet of QE3. And since it's unlimited, now you're going to see, myself included, anybody with half a brain, get the hell out of paper. And they're even – remember, TJ, was, were you on the show or might have been the show before – where George Soros and and Putin and all those guys like doubled down on their gold, and then you know a couple of days later QE3 was announced. I mean, double down. Like George Soros is like, yo, I need. Remember that order I got last time? Yeah, we need to double that. I need to. We need to start protecting our investments here. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing all the elites, and when we say the elites, we're talking about the one percent of the one percent, the power players in the world. 
And if you guys want to read a great book, you need to go read Superclass because he really breaks it down about how this is such a tight-knit group. And they have little cadres and little factions, but they're not they're they're not really they're not really conspiring to to consolidate. It's just a matter of happenstance that they're actually consolidating. But understand that these people don't care about you, me. They don't care about TJ. They don't care about the army. They don't care about the military. It's like Henry Kissinger said: those guys are just cannon fodder. That's the way that they perceive you. Once you and, understand, yeah, go ahead, TJ. And on top of that, they don't even care about themselves because a lot of times they're like, okay, the elite. No, I mean, you, you, if you ever actually study history and if you actually study who these people are and who the elite are, you understand, okay, together they don't like us. But with inside the elite, there is actually two different branches of the mm-hmm. elite. Yeah. And them two actually fight against each other, too. They basically That's why just, World War II was that. Right. They're basically fighting over the levers of power, who's going to who's gonna own the most stuff. And it's, you know, it's like the suicide banker kind of um, – uh, I guess was it Max Kaiser that said about the suicide banker? There was one guy that that was in the World Trade Center and he made himself ten million dollars because he was sitting there trading, but he didn't. He was going to die. He didn't care. He was just he wanted to, he wanted to make millions, and it's it's one of the things that I talk about with my friends. It's when you get into people that are this powerful, they don't they don't go after money anymore. They don't. I mean, the the thing that they love is they love control. They love to make people grovel to them. They love to make – and you know what? I can draw a really great parallel to this. So have you – TJ, have you ever seen the show Boardwalk Empire? Have you ever seen that? Yeah, I've seen some episodes of it. Okay, there was an episode last week that really does encapsulate what these people are like because they're power players behind the scenes. They're basically making the deals that make the deals. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They're sitting at the big table. They give their minion the order. Their minion goes and shakes hands with you know Joe Bob's minion. And then they make the deal that way. Meanwhile, those two guys are never seen in the same room together. They just let their stooges take on all these different roles and all the different, you know, the blowback that can come with that. But anyway, so there's there's a scene in last week's episode that was incredible. And it's basically this guy that's he's a fictional character, but um he's a mobster and and this one guy and basically his car breaks down on the side of the road and this guy pull, pulls up next to him and says he wants to help him and he's like I've got some oil he's like I got some I can't remember what he called it but it was basically like WD40 in my in my car and the and the the guy that was the mob boss was like so he goes well what's that and he goes well oil obviously what else would it be just like that you know nothing nothing by it goes and helps the guy fix his car and he goes and so the mob boss looks at him and goes well it could have been a wrench could have been a tool, could have been this, could have been that. You know, basically trying to prod the guy. And the guy's like, mister, I don't want any trouble. And then he starts walking away. The guy pulls out a billy club and starts beating the crap out of him with it and ends up killing the guy. So that's those are the types of people. And, and my wife's sitting there in shock, and she goes, I just can't believe that people like that exist. And I said, you know, the, the even worse part about that, TJ, is that you cannot believe that there are people out there that just crave power. That's all they want. They don't care about money. They don't care about – they just want power. They want power to control, and those are the people that you're really, really up against. And then you combine that with unlimited resources through the Fed and through banking. Oh, my Lord, look out. And that's where we're at. Now we're, now we're at a precipice where you have a bunch of gangsters, like high, high-level gangsters that are, that are just looking at us as cannon fodder. Like, like TJ said, we're just – we're just pawns. We're just a little chess piece that they move around, you know, just like the Al Qaeda piece. They move it all over, you know, all over Africa, and then figure out where they want to invade, and then just drop them there and say, "Well, Al Qaeda attacks, we got to go get them." You know. But, so, but the thing they don't understand is that the elite who are actually in control that they are actually pawns too. Because now, getting to the spiritual side, that we do know that a lot of these people do engage inside the occult and things like that. The people who actually worship Satan, they don't understand that Satan actually is actually playing them as well. No, I mean that's getting I mean, into that's that's the <laughs> grand game. And you know, everyone, TJ has kind of seen my metamorphosis into this also. And um, I wasn't a very religious person. I guess I was con- considered myself a spiritual person. I had an out of body experience when I was nine years old. But you know, all that stuff aside, TJ, when I look at these people. There's, I mean, I can I can understand the the parallel to a demon. 
not not the people that you see in public, but just people that are just hyper aggressive and and will you know will do things for for no reason, like dro- you know throwing down the drop of a hat. And what I see from society now, and this is why I wanted to spare the last ten minutes because I wanted to do kind of a psychoanalysis breakdown of what what you see in society, and then the TJ, I'll get your perspective from from a younger you know obviously a younger viewpoint. But what I see is a society that's completely disengaged with one another. I don't know who my neighbors are. My neighbors don't know who I am. But I'll be walking down the street with my wife and my dog, and we'll see somebody, we'll see somebody doing work, in, you know, in their garage or something, and we'll wave and, and smile, and they'll look at us like we're nuts. And it's really beginning to a point where we have been so removed from one another. The only time we ever get together is for like sporting events and and maybe to go out to eat and stuff like that. People don't ever go over to each other's houses and, and just talk and stuff like that. That kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore. Now what you have is you have an entire population that's basically fed off the television. They want to watch sports. They want to watch television. They don't want to learn anything. God forbid somebody pick up a book and read it. And it you know it's it's absolutely astonishing. And then you see it. You see it in the public. Like I, I will try to have intellectual conversations with people that are my peers, TJ people in their thirties and forties. Tell me about it. You have you try to have an intellectual conversation with them, and they're like, and they're like, hey, like, huh? hey, did you see that? Did you see that Michael Turner got arrested? I'm like, he's a football player. That's, I mean, what did he get arrested for? Oh, DUI. He's going 97. Did he kill anybody? No. All right, so the guy's going to jail. But then that's all they want to talk about. They all they want to talk about is, is just ridiculous stuff like the Kardashians and stuff like that. I'm I'm sitting there, you know, looking at them going, Hey, guess what? The guy that's in charge of all of the money in the United States just told you that your stuff is going to buy less less products. Meanwhile, gas prices are going to go up and that's the only <laughs> thing you're going to see. You're going to go, Wow, gas is at four dollars. Well gas is at six dollars. What's going on? And then TJ, I really don't think the public will wake up unless tomorrow morning that they wake up and it's ten dollars a gallon gas and we're getting invaded. I mean, I think that's the nah. only way that the American public would seriously wake up is if they woke up and just said, "Oh my I God, there's ten dollars. There's ten dollars a gallon gas and we've got troops on our borders. What is going on?" Now you see, I bet you that they still want to wake up. <laughs> oh no, no, I'm being really serious. Even if gas hit ten dollars a gallon, these fools. Will be like, well, I guess, <laughs> and and that'll be it. And then they yeah. would just turn the channel, yeah. keep watching American Idol, the X Factor, all this oh, bull yeah. crap. Because what you are seeing is that with every generation, of course, evil does. Um, I mean, it does enhances. I mean. A lot of things that take place are actually spiritual mm-hmm. between God and the devil. The devil is on this earth. I mean, he actually has, uh, to a certain extent, control over this earth. And he has agents, and he has men and women out here on the earth to do his evil bidding. And he has actually made deals with them, and these people actually believe in him, and they believe that they are going to rule the world. And so they are setting out to rule the world. And what you are seeing that now, this spiritual warfare has actually begun to attack the minds of our young people. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons why a lot of these a lot of us young people, because I'm 21, a lot of a lot of us young people are miseducated. Is because that our parents are miseducated, yeah. because that they, they did not take the liberty to themselves to educate themselves. A lot of times when children are failing in school, a lot of times when children are acting bad in school, it's because that there is a problem in the household. I'm yeah, telling you because it's true. The well, parents are not doing their job in the household because you cannot blame your child for when they grow up for the reason why the state of the world is inside this state um, it is at that current time. You have to blame yourself and say, what did I do? What did I did not do to make sure that this state of the world does not become uninhabitable and becomes more evil for my child. The problem lies with us 
who actually are conscious of what is going on. Yeah. And it's so when you get into the when you get into the philosophical level of it, you have to realize everybody, and believe me, I I was one of them. I mean, I will go ahead and tell you, my wife will attest to it, my parents will attest to it. I was the person that I, I loved sports, so I watched sports all the time. I couldn't even have told you, couldn't even have told you who my senator was. Not a chance. No way. Not for $2 billion. I would have been like, I don't know, um, Bob something. And then... And then when you start to withdraw from the television, when you start to really stop and look around you and go, wait a minute, this doesn't seem right. Something doesn't seem right. And that's what I hear. And, you know, that's what I hear from people, TJ. And that's what, you know, I, I, I'm hearing from adults now and what I consider adults because I, I guess in my mind I'm still – you know, um, I'm still 25 years old or something. I don't know. But um, when I'm hearing people in their 50s and 60s look at me dead in the eye and I'm talking to them on an intellectual level and they say, I'm scared, you know, that's really that's really the point. You Hey, you should be scared, man. If you're not scared, you don't have a pulse. Like I said, the guy that controls your currency just told you, hey, we're going to go ahead and start basically devaluing your currency – and that's come out in the news that, hey, get ready for your dollar to go down substantially in the next three to four weeks. I don't know if it'll be that fast, but you're going to see it. And then we've got huge, huge armaments builds up. You know, the, the article that we were talking about before the show went on, TJ, about how how now it just came out in the news um, this evening that um, – I'm going to see if I can pull it up here. The, um, the Western Report says I, Iranians are shipping – you know, arms and personnel to Syria via Iraq, and they're basically putting all this stuff on. And this is what the report says: they're putting all this stuff on commercial jets, and they're shooting it over there. You know, not literally shooting it, but they're flying it over there. So you're seeing a huge arms buildup with Iran, which is a huge, 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 huge military presence. This is a big, big no-no. When you've got four-star generals coming out and saying it, when you've got pretty much everybody in the military brass coming out saying, don't do it, don't attack them, don't do it, don't attack them. And then you've got one of our allies, Netanyahu, that's like, well, they're going to come and nuke us, so we got to nuke them first. Once again, the Machiavellian crap. Can't stand it. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, not to mention that Netanyahu said that Iran had a nuke back in 1992. I mean. It, it's just, <laughs> and, and the public is so disconnected. That they think that this is going to be another Iraq, or they, guys, when are you going to realize that we are an empire? When are you guys going to realize that maybe we're not the good guys? You know, we're going over and slaughtering people, and you guys can look this up. You guys can look it up on the internet. I'm not saying I don't love my country. I just, I just don't like the policy that we're deploying. I really don't. I mean, to me, in all honesty. You know, like, I mean, like, inside China, too, you know, I was actually watching how they had um, a brawl at uh, one of the high schools. And um, and like my sister, she was saying, like, you know, uh, why are they always fighting, you know, at school and stuff? And I told her, I mean, listen, you would never have peace inside a country that was actually founded on violence. No, no, not at all. Unless, unless you, unless you just, unless you really look at at the fabric, and we got to change it from the ground up. We have to. It, it, it's got to be my duty. It's got to be TJ's duty. It's got to be your duty. If you download our show, you know what? If you don't go out and do something, that's on you. That's not on us. We're doing what we can. I mean, there's only so much I can do. There's only so many hours in the day. But you know, I can take an hour out of my day and, and read and. and and watch documentaries and and try to really piecemeal together what the heck is going on. You know that's that's my take, and, and I'm sure TJ probably feels the same way. It's time for the American public to shut off the damn television. Just mm-hmm. shut it off. Shut it off. Read some news. Figure out what the hell is going on, and then and then you know make an educated decision. Do we really need to go to war with these people? Why are we doing this? Oh, I know. Because every time you guys implode the freaking economy, you trot us off to war as a big distraction, so we all rally behind you clowns. I'm sick of it. TJ's probably sick of it. It's a freaking joke. It is an absolute joke. Don't fall for the same crap again, guys. 
because they're going to try it on you. Believe me, you're already seeing it. You're seeing the rhetoric. You're seeing the buildup. You'll see Fox and CNN. They're gonna all they're going to show you are pictures of American flags burning, and that's all they're going to show you. They probably pay people to sit there in a big circle and burn a flag, pay them all hundred bucks. <laughs> they're going to blow then, up something. And they're then you guys are going to go, well, there's a bunch of brown people burning flags. We got to go bomb. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Well, that's all we got for you tonight. Sorry, I got a little fired up there at the end, but TJ, I just I, I don't think I can I don't think I can handle it much longer. This. The public to me is getting very, very scary with their ignorance. So thanks for listening, everybody. Once again, get a, get a friend. Get a friend.